I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and this is the pre-budget special blockbuster event that's all over the media. You cannot avoid it. It's in your face. The union budget. It is a special budget, and we'll get into why. But you know, it's been a tough year for all of us, and of course, the stock markets are totally on, on a different zone. But we've been through a lot in this past financially, and we're going to go to talk about what to expect in today's budget. My guest, Madhu Chandade, head money control research at Network 18 Media, and let's get this started. Madhu, welcome to Paisa Paisa. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Yeah, thanks for having me on your show. So, guys, we're going to talk only about the stock market, only about equities, and nothing else, right? Because Well, you know that is the one place where you get an instant reaction to almost every measure that comes out by the finance minister. The speech comes, the market moves, and so if for you guys who have, you know, for those of you who follow the stock markets, we know that from the pandemic bottom of about seven and a half thousand on the Nifty or twenty five thousand on the Sensex, the benchmark index is doubled. You know, the Sensex hit fifty thousand. The Nifty almost went to fifteen thousand, and of course we've had this five six percent fallback in this last month or last few weeks. And today, of course, is a big event. If you're someone who tracks the news very closely, there are a lot of measures, a lot of stuff out there. We're going to talk about all of them starting now. So, Madhu, let's get started. Why is this budget important, specifically from the stock market's point of view? Right, because budgets are there every year. For people who follow the budget for a long time, there's almost a kind of skepticism. कि अरे नहीं ये तो मीडिया तमाशा है, कुछ नहीं होता है इसमें, nothing happens. But this budget is actually going to be important. Tell us from an equities perspective, what's different this time? First of all, uh, this budget is important for the entire century because we have seen an event. which nobody had seen before that's the pandemic and more importantly as you rightly pointed out the market has had a stupendous rally from the bottom and this has happened amid a very weak economic environment right so there is a disconnect between the real economy and the markets to speak of and the finance minister has promised that she is going to present a budget which we have not seen in the last 100 years so all this has raised expectations and bulls are clearly riding on the budget to you know make the next move uh, when i look back at this i remember the late 90s right because the last time we had something like this it was called the dream budget what was that that was chidambaram i think 97 yes, or 98 yes, that was the there. chidambaram budget and this is going to be the best <laughs> in the in the you know last 100 years so let's see what yeah. it unfolds i keep hearing that quote a lot on cnbc when i see it so it's quite interesting because there are so many expectations and you've never really had a finance minister use such a specific phrase for the budget let's get into expectation because i think there are plenty let's get into broad fundas out here because yeah, we yeah yeah i will uh, i will highlight some of the things sure. uh, in fact i should have covered it in your first question itself no, that's okay but you know this budget is very very unique i think none of us neither you nor i in our careers have ever seen a budget where fiscal consolidation is not the focus you know budget we we know from our academic learning from our professional pursuits that budget is all about fiscal consolidation whether you're managing your house in order but this year it's different this year is more the merrier because the markets uh, the experts the the people at large are looking at this budget to you know to really kick start the growth cycle uh, 
because we are now in a technical recession with two quarters of negative growth, we are in a technical recession. So the markets are really looking up to the budget for a way out and to kickstart the growth engine. So that is why fiscal consolidation is not the target. People are looking at the government to spend more. So that's, I think, a big difference of this budget, which which is very, very different from whatever we have seen in the past. Imagine that, huh? That nobody's going to be looking at the fiscal deficit number, which is already people Absolutely. have taken it at, what, five and a half? I don't know, five, six, six, six percent? Yeah, so just to coming to, just to elaborate that point, hmm. Uh, that in the first eight months of the fiscal, April to November, we have already touched 5.5% in terms of the fiscal deficit. The actual number is 135% of the budgeted estimate so far. And since there is a downward revision in the advanced GDP number, so the uh, ratio is already at 5.5%. And we are likely to end with 6 to 7%. 7% is kind of a given. Nobody is going to blink an eyelid also if it is 7%. But the big question is, what is the fiscal deficit for FY22? That is a big number that, uh, you know, that the markets are looking at. And not only, uh, you know, uh, markets are looking at the fiscal deficit number because they expect uh, the government to jettison the fiscal consolidation roadmap altogether for this year. And they're also expecting that the composition of the deficit should be such that it should be uh, leaning more towards capital expenditure. So these are some of the very important uh, expectations from the budget. And the big question is, how will the government get so much resource? You know, we all know that this is a pandemic year. Growth has nosedived. So there is no revenue from taxation. And there is so so much more commitments, which we will talk about later. So another big expectation is the government is going to announce big dose divestment which is going to garner big resources for the government. So in short, jettisoning of the fiscal consolidation roadmap, big expenditure, capital expenditure, especially directed towards infrastructure, and big move to garner resources in the form of disinvestment are three top expectations from this budget. Fantastic. Let's boil down into the second and the third, right? The first one, I think, is quite self-explanatory. So I want you to tell us about the disinvestment part, right? Because if you look at the last 10, 20 years, or at least since when disinvestment started back in the late, BJP had started, I I recall somewhere uh, in the 90s when Maruti was a very big bank disinvestment done. But since then, you know, you have the target and then you've got the actual. What do you expect on disinvestment? What are markets really expecting there? See, the thing is, if you have seen the, you know, the last six months, if that is an example, you've seen the smart corporates have gone ahead and raised money. You know, each and every one has raised money. Whoever had any merit to raise money has raised money, except for the government. Now is the time for the government to monetize uh, this opportunity, you know, to capitalize on the buoyancy that we have seen in the capital markets. Of course, there are difficult uh, disinvestment decisions, difficult targets like the Air India, LIC. Again, uh, there are lots of regulatory issues. It's not; it's easier said than done. But uh, I'm sure uh, the government is uh, finally going to come up with something which is more realistic, uh, uh, which is more achievable. Every year, giving you know a target of hundred thousand crore and coming up, uh, ending up with ten to twenty percent of that target uh, doesn't make sense. I think. Uh, this year, it's a time to walk the talk. Okay. And let's get to point three, Madhu, the infra part, right? Because like you said, 
direct tax not great gst just about recovering so you've got that main engine which is linked to the economy which is kind of faltering or at least faltered in the first few in the first half of the first 9 months and you've got non tax receipts disinvestment probably spectrum okay so we are sorted there let's talk about the expenditure side because as soon as the money comes in the bulk of the expenditure goes towards interest subsidies defense etc et yeah there is something more actually this year uh-huh. so the expenditure side is very very interesting this year because you know we are still going through the pandemic in fact we are waiting through the pandemic now with a uh, with a promise of a vaccine and uh, the government has a very ambitious target of vaccinating each and every indian if not every indian the first 30 crore which is the priority group that cost will have to be borne by the government and uh, even if you know these institutions are giving it at a subsidized rate to the government the minimum cost ballpark that we have estimated for the priority group is not going to be less than 20000 crore wow the total cost of vaccinating this country will run run into 90 to 100000 crore so that is not not even something that we are expecting so even if you have to garner 20 to 30000 crore that calls for a special tax wow so be prepared for that so that is the first thing <laughs> uh then comes the capital expenditure see capital expenditure has been abysmal in the last 2 to 3 years most of the capital expenditure has been routed through the public sector enterprises if you have seen right yeah so that is uh, that is very very important uh, to kick start the you know the long buried capex cycle especially the private capex cycle what is ha- what has not happened in india in the last 10 years is capital expenditure you know the share of gross capital formation to gdp has touched something like 26 27% which used to be 34 35% right at one point in time yeah. so that is a dire necessity at this point in time and you know the top five banks in the country barring sbi they are not going to lend to corporates they are not going to do financing of long term infrastructure projects for sure you know you have all the private sector lenders who are only going to lend you for buying house car etc etc so there is a need to have a specialized institution uh, you know for channeling investment into infrastructure and this institution maybe the seed capital could come from the government and then they could you know raise resources from uh, large institutions uh, uh, funds abroad so the creation of a, a development financial institution kind of a model is something which is highly expected and uh, one another related thing uh, that uh, markets are looking up to from the budget are some of the measures to increase the credit flow into the economy as we all know you know the credit flow has uh, is now hovering around 5 to 6% you can't expect to grow this country at you know 7 to 8% when your credit flow is uh, 5 to 6% so what are the ways to do it one is uh, you know uh, the risk appetite has to come into the system and uh, the risk appetite cannot come just by you know asking banks to lend so uh, government has to first of all identify some large projects where uh, you know they give all clearances there's a sovereign guarantee etc so that lenders are more excited to lend to that kind of a project you know so that could be uh, one of the ways to address this issue the second is uh, issue which uh, which could get addressed we i don't know whether it will get addressed is yeah. what they do with this whole uh, public sector banking uh, institutions you know 
uh, that cannot remain a headache for the system for, uh, for for the rest of our lives. So either they transfer all the toxic assets of these institutions into a separate bad bank and then announce a large dose of recapitalization so that they are energized to lend. Something of this sort to basically ease the credit flow into the economy is something which is high on expectations. Okay, Madhu, I'm going to just um, run down just to summarize for our listeners, okay, and just help me out here. The, the first thing you said was disinvestment, some kind of either large target or some some something new maybe because maybe the... Achievable target, if I may say. Yeah, an achievable target on disinvestment. The second is probably a COVID tax, okay, because if I go by your estimate of 190,000 to 1 lakh crore total for vaccinating India, that's equivalent to almost one month of GST revenues. So probably an extra tax out there. Not sure how the market will take that because, you know, or how effective this will be. Third is some form of a DFI, a development financial institution, which can focus on big picture, large projects in India, probably even throw in some kind of a project guarantee, sovereign guarantee, so that private players are enthused to, you know, kickstart that process because the government obviously doesn't have too much of money to directly invest large sums into infrastructure. And the last thing, I think the most interesting thing, but also a thing that I'm sure you probably hear each and every year for the last four or five years since or, or at, at least since the ILFS crisis started, some kind of a umbrella bad bank or some kind of a mechanism which will take the toxic assets of PSU banks and house them separately so that the banks can go ahead and lend. Have I summarized this? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And in addition, uh, on the expenditure side, some directed expenditure towards uh, health infrastructure because you, if you know the statistics, that India spends a paltry 2.2% of government expenditure on the health sector, which is uh, which is nothing compared to the global benchmark. And this pandemic has only showed us how important it is. So uh, maybe uh, some rejig of resources uh, so that there is a higher uh, expenditure towards the uh, towards beefing up the uh, you know health infrastructure in the country. And another uh, ancillary point, but which can be a little uh, maybe alleviating factor for the government is if they allow this whole CSR expenditure of the corporates to go into vaccinating their employees, that would kind of take off the load from the government uh, to a great extent, you know, if uh, corporates can go ahead and spend their CSR expenditure on vaccinating their employees. So I think these are some of the expenditure, uh, some of the expectations in addition, there are sector-specific expectations, but uh, those keep coming, like, you know, in auto, the scrappage policy, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. Uh, so that there will be... Those are probably tweaks here and there that will, you know, be at a sector level. So... Okay. Yeah, no, sorry, I missed another point, ah. which is uh, high on the agenda uh, while I was talking about infrastructure. The other uh, thing which the markets are actually expecting is the government's stance on China both from the, you know, um, from the, the commercial standpoint and the military standpoint. So what does that mean? That means first is higher defense capital expenditure. That is also a definite expectations from this budget. And uh, that has an implications on a whole lot of stocks which are uh, into defense manufacturing in India. And the second thing is uh, already there has been some kind of start on the Make in India with the PLI schemes and all, um, a further measure to give a boost to make in India across sectors. Maybe that will be expanded across sectors. That's one expectation. And, and the last is 
some kind of support to the uh, the worst affected uh, sectors like uh, you know like the hospitality uh, uh, tourism etc some maybe some infrastructure status being granted to some of these sectors so that there are easier credit flow so uh, in some these are uh, Probably what the markets are uh, expecting from the budget. Sure, that's a nice list. Out, folks, we're going to take a small break out here. On the other side, when we come back, we're going to talk about sectors. As you would have heard, Madhu has already outlined quite a few sectors out here. But we're going to get into like the actual list of most of you know probably the top three sectors that will be most affected by the budget. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with the pre-budget special. My guest, Madhu Chandra, the head money control research at Network Eighteen Media. And welcome back to this pre-budget special on Pesa Pesa. My guest Madhu Chandra, the head money control research at Network 18 Media. And the first part of this episode, we spoke about the broad direction of the budget, why it's important from the market's perspective. Now we are going to get into the specific sectors, and I'm going to just recap the expectations that Madhu had outlined in the first parts so of divestment, probably a COVID tax, a development financial institution, some kind of project guarantee. For private players to invest in infrastructure, something for PSU banks, a boost to healthcare spend, defence spend, and a boost to probably Atmanirbhar Bharat and the PLI measures, and of course some kind of support to the hospitality and tourism sector. So, although we these are all you know sectors that we've already mentioned in these expectations. From your perspective, give us a top three or top five sectors that you're going to watch out for on budget day, from an equities perspective. Like this is the sector that I'm going to watch for. Just an overview of these sectors and how do you think uh, how do you think things will shape out so from the equities perspective you know uh, the one sector uh, which has uh, not done well in fact uh, amid the pandemic is capital goods you know uh, for obvious reasons the order inflows have dried up uh, execution uh, has been uh, next to nothing so that is one sector where you could uh, the announcements in the budget especially Uh, pertaining to capital expenditure of the government, any measures to improve the credit flow into the economy—all these are going to have a positive rub off on the capital goods sector. So, capital goods infrastructure is one sector that I will definitely be watching out for. Uh, so, that's uh, definitely uh, our top priority. Related to that are the defence-related stocks, uh, where uh, there could be significant. Uh, in, uh, I mean, these stocks have done well; uh, they have the order book. But where execution could improve, and uh, there could be uh, improved visibility. Uh, suppose if there is a significant increase in defense capital expenditure, given the geopolitical situation that we are in. The other sector that I will be watching out for are financials, uh, because I think this uh, budget can do a lot uh, for the financial sector. Because at the end of the day, financial stocks are a surrogate of growth. You, I mean, today in India we see some financials doing well because uh, there is a dichotomy uh, in the financial sector itself. There are some haves and some have-nots. But uh, here I'm talking about a scenario where uh, the sector as a whole can uh, look up to the budget because if uh, this budget is positive for growth, this budget is going to be positive for the financial sector. So I wanted to break this down between that. Okay, you have PSU banks, private banks, NBFCs, because these are the three broad buckets. Of course, there are others like uh, what's called non-lending entities, like an insurance or an AMC. Forget that. Walk us through the broad buckets within the BFSI sector. What do you think is going to happen out there? See, the thing is, uh, for private banks, I think uh, you know growth is obviously good. It's an icing on the cake. They're already eating the cake. It's an icing on the cake because. 
they have raised money amid the pandemic. Their uh, their balance sheets are in great shape. Uh, they are beefing up provisions, so they are ready for the COVID shock. Okay, so I don't think it's it's going to move the needle incrementally. It's not going to move the needle much. NBFC is obviously uh, uh, more will come from RBI side than the budget, but of course, if uh, it's positive for growth, uh, if it is uh, positive for uh, other sectors of the economy, then there is more avenue to lend. So at least the top tier in NBFC stands to gain. But whether Delta could be maximum is uh, for the PSU banks because they have not done anything for themselves. And that's for obvious reasons. Correct. And a budget can actually make a difference in terms of if there is a cleaning up of the toxic asset, if there is recapitalization. And another point I need to add, that is uh, why it is important. See, one thing can break the rally in Indian market, and that is interest rate. You know, globally, interest rate uh, makes or break the rally in equity markets. We all know that. So how the government is garnering resources, how much of it is coming through market borrowing, how much of it is coming through other sources, whether it's tax or non-tax, that's going to have an important implication for the financial sector and for the equity markets in general. So that is not something that we can ignore. Just coming back to the PSU bank side, Madhu, tell us the best case scenario out here. I mean... Because I think that the market has already built in a lot of skepticism, right? Because you're still in a scenario where if you look at the aggregate market caps for the private banks versus the PSU banks, you know, that gap is still huge. What do you think would be something that, you know, that would fulfill the market expectations, which are already pretty low on PSU banks? What do you think would really surprise them? You see, see, the thing is market uh, expectation, as you rightly pointed out, on PSU banks is very low. It is a market doesn't expect PSU banks to create a magic. Any which way, the only PSU bank which uh, kind of counts is SBI, which is doing reasonably well and they can raise resources on their own. So they don't uh, need to look up to the government for resource support. Uh, what could satisfy the market is some kind of a reform measure. Uh, suppose if there is an announcement that there is a, uh, they are going to allow higher uh, private sector participation. Hmm in uh, the stake sale of PSUs. So there's a first move to privatize the PSUs or they are just going to restrict uh, two, two to three large PSU and that's about it. And they are not going to pump in this equity which is which has so far gone down the drain on the remaining PSUs. Those are some of the measures which will be seen extremely positively. Okay. Because you know then the, that the government is really talking seriously about nurturing the health of the financial sector. So far, we've covered cap goods, so we've covered defense, we've covered BFSI, all three massive spaces. What else do you have for us, Madhu? I don't think this budget is going to... Uh, see, the government has done enough for uh, the agri sector so far. You know, even post the pandemic, uh, that's one sector uh, where uh, there were lots of... If there was any direct dole out, that went to the uh, agrarian side of the economy. And that sector is firing on all cylinders with a normal monsoon, even in uh, this year, going by the Australian forecast, the expectation is of a normal monsoon again. So uh, although there is a farmer protest and all those political problems are there in the backdrop, I don't think the government is going to do anything to, you know, uh, directly, uh, you know, bring more money into the hands of the farmers, uh, not uh, amid the, the resource challenges that it has. Mm. I think consumption will be a rubber for 
all the positive measures i don't think there is one should be expecting any kind of a tax concession although uh, i mean every year you hear that something will happen to uh, you know <laughs> expanding uh, the base you know yeah. a- a- base uh, or there could be some change in standard deduction but i think uh, i mean i'm not expecting much from the taxation direct taxation side honestly token measure uh, which token. will have i mean the biggest thing yeah, that they yeah, did last uh, year was to differentiate you know have two separate ways yes. of taxation that itself was a big thing see the uh, one thing we have to understand this budget has to be a budget for growth if this is a budget for growth then you see the bulls taking charge of the market if this budget is not a budget for growth and one of those usual budgets mm. markets will be in for some kind of a rough ride that in fact is my last question to you where do we go from here you know uh, our listeners who have got investments in mutual funds who have invested in stocks directly who have you know exposures across probably to all sectors whatever walk us through what should be the strategy for us retail investors from here on for the equity investments long term i'm only talking about long term out here anything that you want to tell us see the thing is uh, you know this budget the excitement around the budget are all this momentum things you know if you have studied the market for last 20 30 years you will see budget comes and budget goes but the sound stocks in your portfolio whether all budgets and they perform so that is the mantra of equity investing we use stick to good stocks uh, but don't buy them in one go suppose if uh, budget leads to a short term rally stay on the sideline you know what stocks you have to buy there will be some global events because globally also markets have rallied like anything there could be some profit taking you know where once things starts normalizing once the vaccine starts acting then you might see profit taking globally so those will be an opportunity to add to your existing equity position so don't uh, be too carried away by short term gyrations of the budget that's as good as wise as good advice as you can get madhu you're obviously you know you're also of the belief that fi22 growth will probably be much you know much much stronger so at least from your perspective you're saying and if i get you right that whatever measures are introduced in this budget today should at least hold us good for the next 3 to 4 years and ensure that at least we've got you know even after this bump up that we get in fi22 because it will be a bump up okay there is quite you know it's just a base effect playing out there should be enough measures for what at least 6 7 8% growth at least if the market gets a sense of that what do you think see markets have factored in uh, uh, a 6 to 7% growth already because uh, we are uh, discounting for many stocks which has uh, which have done exceptionally well we have started discounting fy23 fy24 estimates also so uh, so that is a given expectation where the budget can make a difference honestly i tell you is in this large mid and small cap space because you know in india the large well managed companies manage to do well whether the government does something sensible or the government doesn't do anything sensible you will still see the asian pains of the world the you know the tcss of the world the hdfc banks of the world they will do well okay so i mean no question asked where the budget can make a difference is if it really ignites growth then you will see a whole host of companies which are typically in the mid and small size i will not qualify them by market cap but rather than by their size all these mid and small size company will find some oxygen to live and grow and that is where the the next leg of interest of the market will come back so that is where the budget can make a difference 
there you go guys stay invested if you believe in the long term growth story of india budget come and go but you know and i kind of agree with that if you are convinced about india's longer term gdp growth and equities is a good way to play that entire theme over the longer term so madhu all the best to you and all the best to all of us let's hope that we get something to uh, you know to look, look forward, forward to, to. Absolutely. That is a wrap on this episode of Pesa Vesa. My guest Madhu Chandra, the head money control research at Network 18 Media. Madhu, thank you so much. Thank you so much for doing this for our listeners. Thank you, listeners. If you like this podcast, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IBM Network. You can listen to us on the IBM Podcast app or ibmpodcast.com. You can also follow us on our social media. We are IBM Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. You can reach out to me. I'm your host B50 on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening to Pesa Vesa. No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.